What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Flipping It, the podcast all about reselling. It's episode number 33. Join uh, with Flip for Miles. Uh, Miles, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself. Yep. Um, so I'm super excited to be here. My name is Miles Longstreth. I'm from Pennsylvania. You can find me on Instagram at flips number four miles. And I've been selling sneakers on a variety of platforms for the past about three years. And I recently started an Amazon business as well. Um, and I'm doing this all out of a storage unit um, near my college where I live pretty much year round. Oh, cool. So um, how long have you been selling as, as an overall, uh, like just in general? Yeah, so about um, 2016 I started and then I got, I started getting like pretty serious about it in 2018. In 2018, okay. And then did you always start with sneakers or did you have anything before they kind of like worked into? Um, so I had some experience selling online with um, Legos in the past, but I mainly like, like in terms of thinking it up, Thinking of it as a business, uh, it's just been sneakers until now, recently with the books. Awesome. Well, I kind of want to get into the sneaker selling. So what kind of like made you get that motivation to start selling sneakers? Um, so I started out, um, I've been playing basketball like pretty much my whole life. And obviously, sneaker culture is a big part of basketball culture. Um, so I started to realize like getting into high school, like what was a nice shoe, what wasn't, how... Um, what types of shoes my favorite players like in the NBA were playing in, that kind of thing. Cool. Yeah, that's great. I always tell people like know what you or sell what you know, and you obviously are a great um, indication of that. Um, so where couldn't are some agree of, like, more. Yeah, where are some of the um, places that you like to source for your shoes? Yeah, so I originally um, would just source from Facebook groups and flip on Facebook groups. And then in the, about the past two years, um, the apps, our marketplaces, Goat and StockX became huge. Um, and so I started selling mainly on them as well as Poshmark and Mercari. Um, and in terms of where I source my products, so the main um, place I get a lot of products is the outlets, Nike and Adidas outlets. And then I've started expanding into sourcing from thrifts, Goodwill, Salvation Army, that kind of thing, paying less than $10. Um, for some pairs of shoes, as well as um, sourcing some more hyped up releases, um, which would be like from Foot Locker, Champs, that kind of store. Cool. So with the used shoes, you kind of touched on it a little bit. Do you always try and go for under $10 a pair? Is that what you want to spend for used shoes? In terms of used shoes that aren't like a Jordan or like a Nike basketball shoe that's nicer, yeah. Okay. So that's just kind of what I wanted to uh, touch on. And then... When it goes to new shoes, does it uh, differ, obviously? Uh, what, what would be your uh, cap on new shoes? Um, so, like, I'll pay 300 bucks for, a, you know, a Yeezy if yeah, I know I can sell it for ones. 350 because mm-hmm. um, I'll sell super quick, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really varies just in terms of the comps, completed sales on the marketplace. I plan on selling it for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Goat and StockX make it super easy to see that both the sales velocity and how much an item sells for as well as what you'll get back. Um, so my average that I pay for items is about 40 bucks. Um probably would be a little less if there weren't some easies mixed in and then bring that price a lot up um okay. so i say probably around 30 35 bucks on average from the outlets and i plan on selling those for at least um you know 45 to 60 okay so, um yeah. on average all right so something i really want to touch on that i am very inexperienced with is uh sourcing from the outlets and i i haven't really touched on it at all 
Uh, if you could kind of just explain what you do when you go to a store, like what your process is on looking for shoes, what shoes you look for, those kind of things. Yeah. Um. So because I've been around for a few years, um, there's some shoes like I can I'll see it and know it sells pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um. Just assuming I can get the buy cost at a number I'd like it to be in with respect to where I can sell it or how much I can sell it for. Uh, but for the most part, just looking stuff up. Um, every Nike has a nine-digit number on the box label, um, and you can just look that up on whatever marketplace you plan on selling it on and see if that item has sold, how often it sells, how much it sells for, and then determine if it works with your business model. Okay, so you'll just kind of like browse through each each shelf kind of thing with the books yeah. similar and just type in the number, or do you just like speak um, it in? So or? it de- Yeah, depending on shoe like you know like how long the name of the shoe is um or if it's a more unique one all right well so and i also noticed that some like the outlets have like discount days or like i know there's like friends and family for the nike i've heard of that uh yeah throughout seeing it so how do you kind of know those are happening and do you source only on those days or can you source whenever from the outlets um so in terms of people who don't source the outlets a lot um friends and family is a great thing but being completely honest it doesn't make too much of a difference for me um pretty much friday to monday nike outlets are always discounted at least the back wall and say friends and family is going on when it's 30 percent off the whole star oftentimes they'll raise price of the in bin or like with box lid shoes um so therefore they're fairly similar sometimes even above um, what you could get them for normally, even with the discount. Okay. So yeah. friends and family isn't a huge th- deal for me. Like it's nice, obviously getting a look at some different stuff um, in terms of in bin products, uh, but it doesn't make a massive difference for me. Um, it's like fairly similar to the other weeks uh, when it'll be normally like twenty to thirty percent off. Okay, so the whole back wall is usually the ones that don't have the lids on them. Yes. And then the whole store opens up with friends and family. I just want to make yep. that clear. Okay. And yeah, then, yep. so when you're selling on either GOAT or StockX, which I kind of want to get into a little bit, um, does it have to be like new, used? Does it have to have a box lid? Kind of explain those. Yep. So StockX is exclusively brand new with box lid, good condition shoes. GOAT, you can have no lid, missing box lid, or complete. You can do new and use. It's um, very accessible. We're hoping StockX will add a used option at some point soon. Okay. So GOAT is probably mainly you go with because of those no-lid ones? Yeah. So GOAT brings in about 50% of my sales, okay. maybe maybe a little more than that, like 60% overall. And then how many how many listings have you built up over the years on GOAT? Um, so I have about – I try to stay above 100+. plus. I have a whole okay. bunch right now um, uh, to list, and so I have about – 140 listed right now and it should top out at like 200 within the next week when i get them all listed okay and then with listing um i'm not familiar really on how goat works so do you just take a picture of it or kind of explain the listing process of like yeah they have a they have a set template of um pictures parts of the shoes you show StockX, you actually don't show any pictures and you don't even need to get approved to sell which is why the market's okay um, typically around 10% lower than GOAT um, in terms of StockX. All right, that's a great tip. So I also know of there's like a outlet to StockX flip. I know we talked about this a little bit earlier. You said you don't really do that often. If you could explain in 
kind of touch on what it is and why you prefer to not do it that way? Yeah, so occasionally, if you're looking up a shoe, um, there will already be a, stock, a bid on StockX, um, where hopefully you can just take that bid right away before you check out and make some profit. It doesn't always work for me, because I don't typically find too many of them in the first place, and I'm, I'm typically looking for a higher number of dollars than what that bid will give me. Sometimes you can't find it, and it's great. It's an easy 20 to 30 bucks before you even check out, and then oftentimes with that, there's multiple pairs of that shoe. Um, but typically, I'm looking for a holler, higher dollar amount in terms of profit um, with what I can get it at. So I'll just place it above that ask and hopefully that it sells. Because that buyer that has that bid will get a notification on their phone that there's a new lowest price for that item. So maybe they'll come up or sometimes they'll even keep bidding up and you can keep lowering your price. Um, not ideal, but it is um, great and fairly satisfying uh, to com- be completely communicating with someone solely through you lowering your price mm-hmm. and then raising their bid for a few minutes. So when, you, when you're when you pricing your items, do you always go at the lowest ask or how do you how do you do your pricing? So it depends on the sales velocity and the market trend. Okay. Um, most of my stuff isn't too hyped up, so it's not selling, you know, every hour. Mm-hmm. Um, but I obviously you do shoot to be the lowest price, um, but I also don't want to get into a race to the bottom on some items, yeah. which happens very often. Yeah, and especially on Amazon. I don't know if you've had any interest in that or like ex- experience with that, but price tanking is very uh, common on Amazon. So when it comes to sh- selling shoes, uh, what sizes are like the best sizes you go for? Okay, so the majority of the shoes I sell are men's. Uh, so it's not that men's shoes typically sell quicker. It's just that the consumer that goes on Goat, StockX, um, not as quite as much Poshmark, it's more geared towards women. Um, but the consumer that goes on Go and StockX right now is an overwhelmingly majority male population. So, because my best sales uh, and most sales come from those platforms, I'm almost always sourcing male shoes or men's shoes. Um, and in terms of sizing, so the most common ones for men are 9 to 11, uh, but I don't stick religiously to those. Um, I oftentimes grab great sales from a size 14, a size 7 men's that kind of thing where just the market isn't flooded for those sizes. Um, and for women, so I, I do um, try to stay away from like the four, four and a half and like the 10 to 12 women sizes because those are a lot less common. Okay. In terms so, of people so who wear that size. isn't really the biggest deal to look for? Yeah, not, not for um, how I run my business. Okay. All right, cool. So when you're um, sourcing either at the thrift stores, I kind of want to go into that. Uh, well, like, what are some of the brands that you look for or like certain models of the shoe you look for? Okay, so everyone knows Nike and Adidas. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are great brands to sell. They sell quick. They're abundant. They're all over the place. Um, but oftentimes, their store employees know that those are the most valuable shoes. Mm-hmm. So those are the ones that are going to be the higher price. Um, but thrift stores offer, um, from my experience, um, obviously thrift stores vary wherever you are, but I get a lot of good New Balance, Asics, Brooks are three great um, brands of running shoes that oftentimes you'll find at different different thrift stores. Mizuno's um, in terms of more like dressy shoes, Clogs, Dansko's are a great brand, Clark's, Land's End. Um, there's some other ones. I'm still very new um, to that game, but those are the brands that work great for me right now. All right. And then you obviously want to get them for less than 10 bucks. And then you always do you buy any shoes that have any like holes or rips? I know people 
may or may not do those. Yeah, so I stay away from that stay stuff just because okay. um, I don't want anyone, you know, I would, I show all aspects, angles of the shoes mm-hmm. in pictures, but I just don't need any, you know, customer service, bad reviews, of course, um, mis- mistakes like that. Yeah, and then um, when it comes to the actual um, listing on, and uh, instead of from the outlets, but at the thrift stores, when you get home, how do you like clean up the shoe or like take the pictures of the shoes properly? Yeah, so I'm not great at cleaning shoes, mm-hmm. so I tend to stay away from like deep okay. cleaning shoes. Um, but I have a little nice um, wooded area like on my desk uh, with nice wood background on the wall, or actually just another part of the desk. And so I'll just put um, IKEA shoe trees if I have them around um, on there, and then just snap, I believe, eight pictures of what Poshmark and Mercari allow for them and just get them up as quick as possible. I still have a whole bunch of shoes to list, um, unfortunately, but we'll get that taken care of and hopefully get some more sales flowing this next month. All right. Yeah. And then when it comes to the shipping aspect of shoes, do you always box, uh, box ship all your shoes? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just Home Depot, Walmart box is okay. about 75 cents a piece. Um, I go for the small version of Walmart and extra small if possible okay. at Home Depot, uh, but small works as well. All right, for sure. So I think that kind of wraps up all my questions with the shoe aspect. I think we ran over everything with it comes to the outlets. Is there any other points that you want to like mention? Um, not particularly. Okay. Um, shoes are a great game to get into you if, if you know them and um, know enough to like research market on different items but they're also um a lot of people know shoes so a lot of people sell shoes there is a lot of competition specifically in the outlets um so i would really um only get in or like not only but get into it if you know like if you know you can have your phone near you with you a lot ready to take bids ready to take offers negotiate with people um that kind of thing that it is a very hands-on task um to run a sneaker business because you need to be ready um, to take care of a lot of different tasks. Yeah. So, and then if just one last little thing, if you were to like someone who just like, for me, example, if I were to just head into an outlet tomorrow or something, what would be something that you would recommend me to do? Look at every shoe, look up every single shoe. Is there any like certain brands in the outlets you look for or certain boxes? Yeah. So obviously like Nike and Adidas would be the brands. Um, but typically, any shoe that doesn't have the standard orange box, there's something okay. special about it. Either it's a Jordan, a nicer Nike basketball shoe, a special collab or project, um, that kind of thing. And typically, those will be in bin. Uh, but obviously, there's got to be a, a reason for it not to have that Nike orange box. And typically, um, the reasoning being that it's a more sought after or highly valued item. All right. Cool. So, and then I also, you just mentioned at the beginning, you were starting to sell books on Amazon and I kind of want to get a fresh perspective, uh, because if you want to just kind of like go into like, uh, how you started, when you started. All right. So I sent my first shipment in Amazon two weeks ago or three weeks ago this Friday, made my first sale two weeks ago this Thursday. Um, and as of right now, I have about 300 active um, books in inventory. I'm trying to get that up to 2,000 mm-hmm. as soon as possible. Um, I have about another 100 to ship in. So we got a lot of work to do to get up around 2,000, um, mm-hmm. specifically because, because a lot of stuff has started selling. I've sold 25 units over my about 
two weeks on the platform and 16 of them have been in the last three days. Um, so we're really starting to pick up sales velocity. And to counter that, I want to start getting in um, more books, the most profitable books possible for as little um, buy costs and just keep pumping those in and feeding the beast. Um, and hopefully sometime in the next year getting on gated um, for some larger brands. Well, that's awesome. So what are some of like, the things that you've noticed uh, right off the bat because you are just starting a f- two weeks in. Uh, what are some of the things you've noticed from the be- from day one? All right, that everyone has books, mm-hmm. like everyone you talk to. It's just giving them the motivation to go in their basement, attic, closet, and taking those books out, letting you look through them and pay you or pay them for the stuff they don't want that they're not going to do anything with um, and that they honestly do want to get rid of. Uh-huh. So you've have you been having success with like are you doing that through Facebook or kind of what are you doing? So uh, I've done some through Facebook Marketplace. Okay. I've also I just post like on my Snapchat, Instagram story, my oh. personal pages, seeing if people around me have anything they want to get rid of. Okay. Um. So I own probably around four hundred profitable units, three hundred of those already being in the Amazon warehouse, and mm-hmm. I'd say like a hundred and fifty of those I got for free. No way, that's awesome. Yeah, the cheaper yeah. you can get them, the better chance you are to sell them uh, for a good yeah. profit. So, um, what are, what scanning app are you using? Are you using Scout IQ, Scoutify? So Scout-ly? I use Scoutly, okay. and I locked myself into a six month um, subscription because it was a little cheaper. So that's where I'll be um, until the end of Q four. Mm-hmm. All right. Are you using a scanner? What scanner are you? Using? Yeah. So I use an EOYO, okay. um, which was about forty five bucks on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And with that, I'm sure you know, um, you can scan like a thousand books an hour, really get into a zone, um, yep. just clean out um, stores, take all the profit you can from them. Yeah, definitely. If you need a scanner, get on a scanner. EOYO is a great beginner scanner. It just, it speeds up the process. Did you ever go through sourcing without a scanner? Uh, like the first day. And I mm-hmm. honestly, like, cause I didn't know. It didn't seem that slow to me, yeah. uh, but like obviously now a week later, it seems like I don't even know how I did it. Like, could, yeah, could you imagine ever going back to have not having a scanner? I can't even <laughs> imagine. It would be the worst thing in the world. That's why yeah. I, I actually bought a second scanner just in case my. I think scanner. I'm going to too. Yeah. Um, one, so I can you know have a backup, but mm-hmm. also um, to hopefully either have people scan for me. Mm-hmm. Or just like if a friend's with me, have them be able yeah. um, to help out. It's great, especially with book sales. Have you have you had the chance to get any book sales yet? Not yet. Um, okay. The first one in my area is in two weeks. So I'm super excited for Sweet. that. Are you finding them? If anyone doesn't know, maybe you don't know, booksalefinder.com. Is that where yeah, you're Yeah, that's where I've, I've uh, marked out on my calendar. Yeah. Awesome. Um, a whole bunch of ones coming up. Cool. Yeah, anyone who didn't catch that, it's booksalefinder.com. You can find a whole bunch of book sales in your neighborhood uh, all over the place. Um, well, yep. That's great to hear. Uh, what, what's the sale? Is it like any special sale? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not even sure. right down the specifics now. Um, okay. Getting closer to it, I'll check out. Uh, but it's like 15 minutes away. So okay. it's worth yeah. the travel either way. Yeah, either, yeah, 15 minutes very close in my opinion. Yeah. It, you're going to get an insane amount of uh, return from those. Uh, just make sure you get there early. Definitely a tip. Oh, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, like, to... Yeah. I'm the earliest guy to the sneaker releases mm-hmm. normally in my area, and I plan on being the first one um, in the doors there yeah. as well. Yeah, another thing I would recommend is if you could either find a friend, a parent, sibling, 
to just help you. Um, so when you're scanning, I'm, I don't know if you'll have them scan what I do. Uh, it helps really well. I have my dad come with me. So I'm scanning and I'm just throwing him all the good books so I can just focus uh, yeah. solely on scanning. So for anyone listening or you, uh, just bring a side person. Uh, it's super nice. They're like a runner, essentially. Um, yeah. So they'll just be, you'll just be throwing them the books while you can scan away. Yeah, I watched a Reezy video mm-hmm. the other day and he um, specified he had multiple runners, actually, yeah. and multiple scanners. Yeah, well, I mean, he's the top of the top, so he's got a bunch he of is. people. He's the man. So, yeah, it's just me and my dad right now, but I'll get there one day. All right, yeah. so um, I also want to kind of get into uh, the listing process because I know for a lot of beginners on Amazon, uh, actually listing and creating shipments the hard part. So if you kind of want to just walk through your experience from day one to now, uh, yeah, how so, you changed or what you've done. Um, so I believe you had Nicholas Woolsey on the other day, I did, right? Yeah, I did. So mm-hmm. he's um, a good friend and mentor of mine, specifically mm-hmm. um, in the Amazon um, field. So I had been planning on getting into it for a few months. Um, and I just wanted to decide like, all right, I'm doing it ordered the scanner, got my account set up, and a week later, I was up and running. He has a fantastic video on his YouTube channel. It's just his um, name, Nicholas Woolsey, W-O-O-L-S-E-Y, mm-hmm. just exactly how to sell used books on Amazon, FBA 2019, um, something about that. Um, and he literally just goes through exactly the process, sourcing, prepping, shipping, everything. It's screen recorded on his computer. It shows you exactly what to do. So I had no trouble with that 100%, but I can imagine being wildly confused if I didn't have an awesome educational video like that. Well, that's great. Yeah, Nick is awesome. We had a great episode. Um, Definitely, definitely check it out. I'll link it in the description. Um, If you want to just like kind of run through on maybe just like some of the key points that he mentioned in the, in the podcast or in the video, excuse me. Um, Yeah. So it's honestly like pretty much all the key points, like exactly Uh, what you do um, in terms of, specifically the optimal shipping amount Mm -hmm. or shipping weight. So you want to be as close to 50 pounds as possible, Mm -hmm. which will get you around 25 to 30 cents a book, depending on what warehouse they're going to. So that was very helpful. So I pretty much like do my shipments in like sets of 30 books, um, if possible, just to make the labeling process easier. Um, and once again, in terms of the labeling process, he lays out all the supplies you need as well. So it's just a super um, awesome educational video that shows you exactly what you do, need to do to start a used book Amazon business. So yeah, I'll definitely link it in below. Oh, are you doing it with the 30 up labels or do you have like an actual Dymo label maker or how are you doing the label? All right. Yeah, so I just do 30 up right now, okay. but I probably will switch over to the Dymo um, within a couple thousand books from now um, once I exhaust my 30 up label connect collection. Yeah. It, it, it speeds up the process a lot. Let me tell you. The, the I can switch, imagine. Uh, I don't know when I was doing 30 up labels and maybe other people listening can relate to this. I would have such an issue getting it into printer. I would like always print them the wrong way on accident. Meanwhile, I only yeah. did it for a couple shipments. Um, but I was just getting so frustrated with 30 up labels. Yeah. So I don't know if you've been experiencing that. Um, yeah, I've had some trouble, um, but I think I have about 4,000 labels okay. left right now, so I, I should just, you know, use those while yeah, I can. Course. Yeah, and so just when you make that switch, it's it's definitely something I'd recommend to anyone awesome. who's getting in serious into it. It's the, probably one of the best inven- investments you'll make. Okay. Yeah, so definitely look out for that. Um, 
Another thing, do you use a repricer at all? Not yet. Okay. Um, Nicholas recommended once I get up around four figure inventory to invest in mm-hmm. um, reprice it. Yeah, um, so for the time being, yeah, I do not, but okay. it's obviously in the plan for the future. Yeah. Uh, uh, the one I use, I don't know what he recommends, but reprice it. That's the one I use. Yeah. Reprice it. Okay. I believe um, that's what Nick recommends, but that's what pretty much everyone recommends. Yeah. It's very cheap. From my experience. It's very cheap, very useful. You can tweak all the settings the way you need it. One thing I would recommend to you or anyone listening is run your reports before this is something I made a big mistake on. Um, I would set my repricing settings just like thinking of like, oh, these seem like it'll work. Um, and then I would actually price them on Amazon. Um, but a yeah. big thing I had a mistake of was I was undercutting myself so much. Like, you know, I was talking about earlier when people undercut a bunch on Amazon, like that was me. Cause I just didn't know. I was still early in the process. I didn't know how reprices work. I've never obviously used one. Um, yeah. So to avoid that, you could um, just unclick the button that'll actually send the prices to Amazon. So repricer will do its thing. It'll reprice the items. Um, if you don't have that button clicked, it won't send it off to Amazon. So it won't actually reprice your inventory, but it will show you a report of what the uh, like the repricing settings did so it'll show you okay this book would have changed to this price you know kind of thing it'll give you a report of all the items that you would have repriced so you could see and based on that you could adjust the settings like okay i don't want it to go that far down i only want it to go this far down and you can kind of just tweak around with all the settings so definitely make sure you have your settings set right before you reprice them actually on amazon Gotcha. So that's definitely something I wish I would have known. Um, it's a huge mistake I made. Like I cut myself mm-hmm. so short. Um, I did that for about a week and a half, and I started realizing, like, oh god, um, yeah, I should probably change that. <laughs> so then I did it, and I reran the reports, made it look good, and then I kind of set it up. So that's kind of what I want to get. And then another thing: do you, do you use inventory labs, or are you doing your shipments through uh, uh, Amazon Seller Central? Yeah. Not yet, once again. Okay. Um, I've just been doing it the old-fashioned way right now. Right. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Everyone's got to start somewhere. Would you like to maybe get into inventory labs or no? Oh, I 100% okay. plan on it in the future, um, just not as of the time being. Well, cool. I think that's going to wrap everything up. Do you have any questions you want for you ask me? Maybe something on your mind? Um, yeah, so when you were getting into the online space, specifically Amazon mm-hmm. use books, um, if you had anything you could um, tell yourself uh, and the viewers um, when you were starting out uh, what you would do differently, anything you would specifically um, work on um, initially. Yeah, so I think one of the big things, obviously, was that repricer issue was probably the biggest thing I had an issue with from the beginning. Um, but I think overall, just trying, I think what I did well was a thing that I think I kind of want to touch on it's just always learning and trying to improve because I don't know if many people do this. I assume they would want to. Um, but a big thing that I think helped me out was I was always like never satisfied with the process. Like it would take me an hour to do something. I would always want it done in 30 minutes. So I'd try and look at certain things and try and improve the speed as fast as possible because the biggest, another big thing I think I wanted to work on was I would, um, get a whole bunch of shipments or a whole bunch of books for a shipment like in a week, so I'd source Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then I'd send out f- uh, Friday or so on. 
But yeah. what I've been doing recently that's been working out a lot better is just sourcing like a day, like a full day of sourcing and then like a half day and then being able to send those books that same day of that half day. Gotcha. Sourcing. Yeah. So I, I've been kind of learning the process um, well enough so I can do it pretty fast. I can get a shipment out uh, about like 100 to 130 ship, 130 books in about three hours or so from okay. when I get home, I would say prepping, removing all the stickers, listing, boxing, maybe two two to three hours, I think. So yeah. it's pr- pretty quick, I think, uh, overall. I always want to try and get that better. Um, but I, I do want to get an official time because that's just off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, about yeah. 120 books, I would say, uh, and about, Understandable. about two hours or so. So that's something I would say, just always try and improve uh, your listing time. Because the faster yeah. you can process everything, the faster you can sell them. Okay. Yeah. Any other questions you have for me? Um, I don't believe so. All right. Um, with that being said, thank you very much uh, for having me on today. And once again, to who anyone um, who tuned into this, once again, you can find me Miles Longstreth flips four miles on Instagram. Some other platforms coming soon, and feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions about anything, anything I mentioned um, in this episode, or just stuff you'd like to learn more about me or what I do. Yeah, please definitely check him out. Uh, and as always, if we uh, you want to explain, um, have something else explained more, definitely reach out to either of us, and we'll try and answer your question a little better. Uh, because I, I do, I do my best I can to try and get the answers. Uh, that'll help you guys out the most. But if we don't, if you want something touched on more, feel free to reach out to either of us. Definitely give them a follow on Instagram. And thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. It's been episode number 33. And keep on flipping.